0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat!
1: Hey, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher, Die, and Combat, and the brand new band, uh, Louisville Slaughter, which I'll talk about in some future episode. And with me is, as always, yeah! That's right, God. He gets so happy when he cracks that beer. He just can't crack a beer and drink. He cracks it and he goes, yeah, beer! Yeah, because right. it's fun. Beer's that's fun. That's right. So we got a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. Because we got a killer review coming up with, uh, Paul Cisnack and, uh... Chris (laughs) All Alright, hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Eric, I didn't mean to get your name wrong. Chris Sinzack! Chris Cisnack. I, I I love, I love, I love them Cisnack chips from Wise. Good stuff. Anyway, so, uh... Uh, I want to talk about the greatest thing that happened last week, which was uh, the Dr. Fuck Show debut on That Metal Station, which is aired right after they play our podcast on that fine internet radio station, ThatMetalStation.com. My show premiered, and it's always on Thursdays at 8 p.m. That's where you hear the the new episode. They repeat it at Sunday at 1 p.m., and both times... It's right after the podcast. So our podcast airs there at 6 p.m. on Thursdays and at 11 a.m. on Sundays. So tune in. And in case you're not home or anything, tune in. this. Uh, get this app. It's a free app. It's called TuneIn Radio. It's a TuneIn Radio app. You download it. You type in that metal station. And voila, you can hear the Dr. Fuck show and the Rock and Metal Combat podcast on the go. So, And I also want to say that uh, after my show aired, the great Scott Green uh, gave me a call and let me know that my show was the highest rated show that Metal Station has ever had. And uh, it, it did so great that he actually gave me the keys to that Metal Station. And now I can go in there and broadcast the show anytime I want, as long as I don't interfere with any of his programs, which uh, he has the great... Mike Tyler. Yes. I got it right. Mike Tyler, the DJ, Mike Tyler, he's awesome. He has a couple shows on there. One's one's all thrash, right?
0: Yeah, the one on Tuesdays is strictly thrash. And the and then he's Friday got, one. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, the Friday's got a little bit of everything, man. And he does a great job and was inspired by this very podcast. That's so That's right. awesome.
1: That's right. And he inspired me. There you go. See? Everything went full circle. So, today... Uh, we're, we're doing this on Wednesday, the 30th of August. Uh, uh, I, August or September. September, I'm sorry, September. Uh, Scott gave me the keys. He, he said, look, he gave me a program. Now I can go on that metal station whenever the hell I want and broadcast a show whenever I want, which I did today for the first time. I want, I winged it, and I did it really good. Scott did it, said I did a great job. So... Join my Facebook page, Dr. Fuck Show Facebook page. And there I'll let you guys know, hey, surprise showing. But, you know, the, my my regular show is where I talk a lot and I play a lot of shit and I play a lot of rare shit. Where my surprise shows, I play, I take requests too, you know. If you want to hear something, I'll do that on my surprise show. So if you're on uh, Facebook and if I have it and I like it, I will play it.
0: Okay. Bang Tango!
1: I want to hear some Bang Tango. You get your own radio show. So, okay, bye. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so please tune in to that Dr. Fuck show. And thank you everybody that made it a huge success on the first week. Hopefully, it will continue doing as good as it did last week, or even better. Let's hope. I'm gonna have giveaways too, like the one that's uh, that's uh next the next show you listen to. I'm giving away a limited one of those limited edition. Vinyl copies of the Merciful Fate tribute I did. I'm also gonna have giveaways for the uh, Thrash Corner Records version of Poser Holocaust, which brings bonus tracks, and also the Combat EP. And if you want me to sign them, I'll sign them. If you don't, I won't. So tune in. You got killer rare shit. You're gonna hear songs you don't know about. Like, wow, I never knew this band recorded this song, or or this is a rare live track, or. Or, you know, a B-side you may have not known about, Rare Live Bootlegs. I pride on doing a lot of that shit, plus deep tracks. Like, I haven't played this song but for an example, like uh Sun and Steel off of uh, Peace of Mind by Maiden. Not a song many people talk about. I want to throw in tracks like that too. It ain't shit you're gonna hear on regular radio. Even internet radio don't play the shit I'm gonna play. So tune into that Dr. Fuck Show. I mean the Dr. Fuck Show on that metal station. I went to go see Motorhead and Anthrax. A couple weeks ago. I mean, a couple days ago. And, uh, opening band was Crowbot. A lot of people don't like Crowbot. I was impressed. I liked them. I thought they, the music was cool, and I was very much impressed by the singer. That guy can sing. So I gave Crowbot two thumbs up. I thought they were cool. Uh, Anthrax came out and they just destroyed. They were probably, for me, the best band of the night. And they, because of Joey Belladonna, to me, he's the star of the fucking show. Then, um, Motorhead came out, and Motorhead was great, though. They did a whole set. Lemmy seemed to be slowing down toward the end, but it was still great. My only complaint was they did nothing off the new album, Bad Magic. What's up with that? You know I mean? You're, nah. you're, it's just, I've never, this is the first time I've ever seen a band live that has a new album out that they didn't play anything off the new album. This is the first time ever. I've well,
0: not, nine times out of ten, you don't want to hear the new shit. But the new Motorhead is so good, you do. I wanted to hear
1: it. I wanted to hear it. Well, they played something off Aftershock. And I'm sure nine times out of ten, people didn't want to hear that either. You know, people just want to hear, you know, the, the 80s shit. But, you know, I wanted to hear, like, at least Thunder and Lightning, the single, something, you know. I mean, I was kind of bummed about that. But overall, it was a great show. Motorhead was awesome. You know, they played a little slower, but still, Lemmy hung in there and he did a full set. Was in good spirits. And goddamn, Mickey D, man. And Charlie Benante. What an amazing drummer. I mean, it was a great night out. And if it's coming around... No, I think that was the last show of the tour. Right? I'm pretty sure it was.
0: Um, Uh, Might might be the last U.S. date. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. So, it was a great time. Great show. Papano beach. Oh, and another thing. It was like this amphitheater. And the place was fucking packed. I was shocked. For South Florida, that was amazing. because. The last time Motorhead was here playing any show that wasn't Ozfest, they played a club, you know? So that was pretty uh, impressive how they packed the fucking place.
0: All right, well, I got something I'd like to talk about, and that's iTunes reviews. I know, uh, you know, you kind of bagged me around for coming off as bitchy and whiny about complaining about the iTunes reviews. Well, but it's, a- not like, it's not
1: like I'm, I'm saying a lie here, you know?
0: <laughs> but apparently it worked because... Uh, we just got three iTunes reviews and even more uh, five-star ratings. We have, as of recording this, we have 39, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 38 five-star ratings, one, four and a half, uh, but we also have three new actual reviews, and I would like to read those and thank the people. Uh, the first review is a five-star review titled, Best Podcast Ever. And that's by FreeHawk1524, who actually is last week's fan of the week, and that is Aaron. And his review says, this is Aaron from the Facebook page. This podcast is amazing. You two make the best hosts. If I could rate this show out of a million stars, I would in a heartbeat. So thank you very much, Aaron. A great kid, great fan of the show. We appreciate it so much. I love Aaron. He rules. He is a great kid. Now, here's... Uh, the next two, I don't know by uh, Facebook name, so I don't know if they're on the page. I hope they are. If you are, put something on the Facebook page. Let us know this is who you are. The next review is titled, This Show Rules, with rules and capitals. A five-star review, and his iTunes name is Hollis Dkr. He says, I absolutely love this podcast. I'm 45 and have been listening to metal, especially New Wave of British Heavy Metal and Early Thrash. Since I was 11, I share their passion. The choices Ralph and Ian make for their weekly reviews never disappoint. Current news and weekly picks have turned me on to music that, incredible as it is, I may have never heard. Not too many voices slash outlets for metal today. This podcast is the most entertaining and informational I've come across. Each show seems to get better and better each week. I eagerly await the newest episode. The show is as close to perfect as it can get, and then in little quotations he put, "Get Ian to stop burping at the mic, then it will be perfect." Yeah, <laughs> Metal horns.
1: I agree with him, man. Stop burping, uh, man. All
0: right. One thing I will say, when I when we record these, the, we do these reviews, I average about twenty beers of of canned beer. Yeah, but that, you can burp away from the mic. Dude. All right, I'll try burping away from the mic. I'm sorry, it leaves me very gassy. Uh, I'm not it's it's not something I do for shock value like I'm trying to do it just comes up cuz I'm drinking a shit ton of beer. So I it just happens. Uh you yeah, know.
1: Sometimes you know, sometimes like yeah, this next song, well, you know what I think is It's like Jesus Christ, can I talk? Go ahead.
0: Uh, go ahead with the other review. All right. So fuck everybody. Next review, but thank you Hollis DKR. Uh the next one I just saw today and that comes uh, from Clemson, 1974, the year I was born. This is titled "Best Metal Podcast," another five-star review. And he says, "I listen to every metal podcast out there." Come on, that's rude. Okay. <laughs> My burps suck compared to yours, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, got a
0: little that... burp, pussy burp, but then again, I'm here drinking that's that's fucking right. tea. Your mom queeps louder. Jesus oh. Christ. Anyway, he says. I listen to every metal podcast out there These guys are the best They review all the bands I grew up listening to And they are funny as hell too I've never left a review on iTunes before But Ian and Ralph really wanted reviews To help the show progress So they definitely deserve a solid 5 stars This is a must listen Wow Alright uh, hey, Wait wait uh, but you, you forgot one review I'm looking at it right now
1: What's that This one it says Ralph 8 a- Ian 2, <laughs> sign These Nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of you keeping score, it's 8-2. to two. I'm winning These Nuts, the These Nuts
0: contest. That's only because yours hang lower because you're 75. No,
1: I actually, my balls do not <laughs> hang. Believe it or not, my balls do not hang. Uh, you know, I fuck a lot of, like, young chicks, and all of them say the same thing. It's like, wow, your balls don't hang and like they fuck guys like in their 20s that might their balls hang lower
0: hey well maybe one of these days your balls will drop you know maybe on new year's
1: yeah I mean, new year's eve yeah. <laughs> in
0: your mom's mouth ouch nice Thank you. Thank you. all right uh now you have a couple of uh reviews a couple out yeah. you'd like to talk about no fancy did you get it what's that
1: now, oh. for those of you keeping score, now it's 9 to 2.
0: <laughs>
1: I just got him with these nuts and a whistle within 60 seconds.
0: Oh, <laughs> come on. That was testicle difficulty. I didn't hear that one. Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Well, hey, I uh, got two brand new albums that I heard today. Uh, one, The New Wasp and The New Queen's right. First, I'll go into The New Wasp. The New Wasp is like whatever, man. What, but I will say a couple positive things about it. The guitar playing, the guitar souls on that album are phenomenal. It's just the songs aren't there. There are two songs I dig off it. One is the ballad. It's called "I Miss You." I really like that song. Uh, it's you know, I mean, it's not as good as some of the other ballads he's done, but it, it does have such a killer buildup. And I think he's singing about God because he says, "God, I miss you." I don't know if he's talking about God or like you know, emphasizing how much he misses somebody.
0: But I next, I, th- I think he's God. talking about. I think he's talking about fans. <laughs> yeah, I like
1: that one. That's a good one. Right, well, anyway, you. that, and then there's another song on there called Falling Under that I really dug. I thought those two were the standout tracks. Rest of the songs, they weren't, like, horrible, but they were so, like, every other Lost album for the last, like, 10 or so years. It's just so oh, yeah. memorable. But I can tell you, like, a lot of those songs that I didn't dig really had some great guitar playing like, guitar solos. So, but again, I'm judging it on only one listen, but I'm not like, like really gonna rush to listen to it again. Unlike the New Queens' right, which was amazing, I thought every song on there was great. Uh, you know, I mean, the one thing the guy does sound way too much like Jeff Tate. It's the best thing they've done since uh, uh, Mine Crime. I'm not a fan of Empire. So I did like promised land and I liked hearing the now frontier fuck you I know a lot of people hate that album, but I enjoyed this one more than all those albums uh, It's not better than Minecraft, crime, but you know, it's up there with that one. You know, it's heavy. It's cool There's no weirdness, you know I mean it does have the little obscure t- uh, time changes that Queensryche is famous for but I really on the first listen. I loved it. I thought it was great so that's my album my my pre Review to album reviews on my first listen. Uh, Wasp and eh, some of it's okay. Great guitar solos and the Queen's was fucking great. I really like. I really enjoyed the Queen's album. All right, that's my review. Ian, what's up? What's up in the world of metal?
0: Well, I would like to say I've only heard two songs off the the Wasp. One was, and eh, the other one was horrible. Uh, but I will listen to it. The Queens Rock, I heard the first four songs. Ooh, loved it. Loved it. Uh best thing I've heard out of them since Minecraft for sure. Uh so I can't wait to hear the rest of it. But uh if we got some time left, let's get some news. Uh now we're gonna talk about you know, there's only three people in metal that have more bands than you, Doctor Fuck. And uh, you know, that's George Lynch, Mike Portnoy, and this guy. Philip H. Anselmo uh, just announced a new project he has called Scour. And uh, this is like a new, like, extreme metal project with a bunch of people from bands I've never fucking heard of. Uh, Except for, I've heard of Cattle Decapitation, and I've heard of one song, it wasn't my bag. But, uh, you know, I'm a huge Phil Nutswinger, so I'll give it a try. I don't like all of his side projects, but some I do, so... I'm going to give it a try. Uh, he, he's, he says to the band uh, that it has a uh, modern, blackish metal sounding, thrashy, black metal type stuff sound to it that he's going to put his own spin on. And uh, it sounds like they're going to release an EP. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it is. Are, are you interested in this at all, Ralph? Uh, yeah,
1: be honest with you i have not liked many of his side projects i did like down and i liked uh super joint but i couldn't get into the illegals i couldn't get into Christ's inversion. um what was the other one there was several he was in what else do we got in the news
0: all right next story uh rush just released a video today of uh a, a song you hate roll the bones oh That's,
1: god oh yeah that... with the with the cameos and shit
0: Yeah, and that's coming out for the new DVD that they recorded in Toronto on the same tour that we saw, the Rush 40 tour. I believe that's coming out in November. And, you know, I, for one, cannot wait for this fucking DVD because, I mean, as we can both attest, that was an amazing show. And if the Toronto show was as great as ours, that is going to be an incredible DVD. Uh, You know, Blu-ray, CD, uh very eagerly awaiting that one. How about you?
1: Yeah, me too. I buy all their shit. I even own that fucking book.
0: Rage Against the Machine Basis. Tim Comerford came out and apologized for creating Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Uh well, He okay. should
1: apologize for taking all that capitalistic money and sing against. That's what he should apologize
0: for. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, well, yeah.
1: fuck, I just gotta tell the truth. Hey, look. Some people dig their music, and that's fine. I don't have nothing against that. I, I mean, I personally don't like the music, but it's not because, you know, I like some Dead Kennedys, and that guy's another fucking idiot against capitalism. But, you know, it's not, it doesn't, I'm not really hateful toward them because of their music that I don't like. It's more like, man, why do you have to badmouth America and, and and take our money? I mean, be for real, and, you know, don't take this capitalistic money you know, fuck it, that to me is, like, more offensive than than Limp Biscuit. Oh, oh, I want to take, uh, I want to say I'm sorry for influencing Limp Biscuit, Dude, Limp Biscuit was influenced by not only you, but by Anthrax and Public Enemy, by, uh, you know, by rap bands and, and and, Faith No More. Come on, dude. It's not just Rage Against the Machine. All right, I'm sorry, that's it. I, you know, I just, I have Rage Against, uh, Rage Against the Machine.
0: I knew that was going to happen. All right. And, uh, I'm so predictable. My, uh, my doppelganger, Vince Neal hung up on a DJ recently. I uh, heard it. I yeah. heard
1: it. Go ahead. I got something to say about that, too. All right.
0: All right. So, reportedly, he hung up on a DJ after he asked him about the beef with Metallica. That uh-huh. was reignited. We talked about this last week on our episode. Uh... Where Tommy Lee put it, you know, everybody's doing this straight out of shit. You know, everybody's got these little memes. I can't
1: on, stand that. I can't stand it.
0: Yeah, on Facebook, and he did one, you know, straight out of tune, and uh, you know, I guess Vince took uh If you, I didn't hear it, so you heard it. You tell me it. about Vince hanging up. Yeah, tell right, me about uh,
1: it. Number one, Vince was as cool as can be. The guy kept. I mean, that DJ sucked he was horrible I mean he you know it started off okay Vince is like you know he just woke up so of course he's kind of cranky though you don't hear him he doesn't get upset w- once the whole time but you know he admitted I just woke up so you know he's not in the best mood because you know Vince man he's like you he gets drunk so he's probably all hung over and shit yeah that but- happens he handled it well and then you know the guy asked a bunch of questions about you know all oh, the final tour and the pyro not and, and Vince is hanging he's not being a dick he's answering all the questions nicely you know and uh, then he gets at the end of the interview he's like oh what about this beef with with uh, Metallica and what Vince says he goes well here's the thing I, I don't know about no beef you know I I don't have nothing to do with that well you know I mean Tommy Lee just came out and said Straight out of tune and blah, blah blah, and then Vince was like, "Well, hey, listen, like, uh, that's Tommy. I really, I, 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 I'm not even aware of no beef. I have no problem with Metallica. Oh well, you know, and Nikki Six said this and that. Well, look, you know, that's Nikki and Tommy. Honestly, I have nothing to do with the Metallica beef. Oh well, this and that. I mean, the guy kept going on, and oh, and, and Metallica said this about Motley Crue that you guys use backing trap backing tapes, and blah blah." blah. And then Vince is like, "Well, we don't." Which, yeah, Vince is lying there. But I mean, Vince ain't lying when it comes to him, because when he sings live, that ain't no backing tape. It's the backing vocals that are backing tape, which Mick Mars even admitted. But anyway, after like 20 times of this guy fucking bringing up Metallica and 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 Vince giving him the same fucking answer and over and over again, and then like after the guy was finally done with Matata, goes, "Well, okay, so you guys are playing blah blah blah." And I guess Vince didn't hear that part. He just hung up. And you hear it hang up, but the guy didn't notice Vince hung up. And then when he goes, okay, Vince, and he doesn't hear nothing. And the DJ's like, unbelievable. And then he comes back on the air and starts bashing him for hanging up on him. Dude, you sucked as a DJ. You're fucking horrible. Once Vince said, hey, I have nothing to do with it. That's Tommy and Nicky, you should have dropped it. But you kept going on and on and on because you're a douchebag fucking DJ. If you want to hear a real fucking DJ, the Dr. Fuck Show on that metal station, 8 p.m. Thursdays, 1 p.m. on Sundays, there you'll hear a fucking class act. DJ, no fucking round. I'll get Vince on the show and I'll tell him. Yo, bro, let's rock.
0: <laughs> you should interview me and I'll hang up on you so we can get here, a here, Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I got something to do. Hold on a
1: second. This is All what right. I think of that DJ. Oh. I just farted into the mic, okay It was almost a silencer, but you can make that out When I edit this, I'm going to raise the volume on that fart
0: Oh, there you go And, uh, you know, in Vince's defense I don't think he's talked to Tommy or Mickey since 1992
1: <laughs> That's so, another so, yeah,
0: that's a, that's a, He ain't even aware He goes,
1: oh, those guys talk? Exactly He said something
0: about Mataka? I didn't know Exactly He bu- He bumped into Mick on stage Hey, where you been? Uh alright, so I know we're winding down here getting ready for the episode, but last last story, and this man, this breaks my heart, is this huge debacle. I shouldn't say huge because nobody gives a shit but me. This huge debacle with rat. And, oh god. Did uh, you and, see the video of Juan cruchet Yes I did. Yes I did. So oh, wow. so there is uh you got you got Juan Crucier touring as the other voice of Rat. Uh, Bob, Bobby Blotzer has now changed the name of the Bobby Blotzer Rat Experience to just Rat and uh, you know Warren D. Teeny doesn't like it all this shit's going on and it's just like it's so embarrassed for a band that I really love I love Rat I love Rat I think Rat's you know I've said this a million times a thousand times better than Motley Crue has ten times better fucking songs Uh, you know, they both have singers who can't sing, but I love them. Uh, you know, it's just, it's really sad and pathetic because we have a limited amount of years, uh, to see these kinds of bands because they're getting old. It's not going to tour long and, and what a horrible way for a band, you know, unless you were there in the eighties, a lot of people forget how big rat actually was. And now they're like a ghost of a ghost of a ghost of that. And they're just thoroughly embarrassing themselves. But I gotta admit, uh, the clips I saw of the Bobby Blotzer rat experience shit sounded good. I mean, the guy sounded uh, like like a young Stephen Pierce he sounded like Stephen Piercy on record. But I mean it's Bobby Blotzer and that's it. You know, you don't have the incredible Warren D. Martini, of course you'll never have Robin Crosby. And, you know, Warren was an important member. And it's just sad to see this. This should important
1: member. Look, Warren D Martini and Stephen Piercy are the only two that can run around saying rat that will get asses in the seat. Bloxer and Juan Couchier are pretty much replaceable members. Uh, uh,
0: only... I, they I, are dude. They I, are. I, I disagree with Juan because Juan wrote a lot of the hits. But Juan wasn't there for most of the time. Toward the end, and they were still
1: awesome without Juan. Okay, they can't be awesome without I mean, well, well, me. Well,
0: well, come either. on, come on. Juan, Juan left after fucking Detonator, and really, what did they do after Detonator? No, Ex- I'm
1: talking about live. I'm not talking well, about record. Uh, what, uh, infestation was amazing.
0: No, that that was great, but but I'd much rather see him than Robbie Crane. Come on. I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't
1: miss him at all. I'd miss. You see here are the thing. I've seen both of them, both the clips. The, the, they were
0: both good. I even thought that Juan Cruchet was good. See, I didn't, think it, I didn't think it was as bad as when everybody made it. Like, yeah. everybody dogged it, and then I listened to it. It's like, well, it sounds yeah, it, was, it, was it sounds right. different, but it wasn't horrible. You know? It was
1: all right. I'm going to give a plug to a band down here in South Florida. They're called Made of Metal, and they do tribute nights. And they did a Rat tribute night, and they were better than both those bands. So I don't give a fuck of Bobby Blotzer and Juan Cruchet with a bunch of scabs doing... Rat covers, look, down here local musicians did it even better, but here's the thing, you can get like the most amazing guitar player, somebody that's even better than Warren Martini, and it still won't be as good, because Warren Martini is a fucking genius on guitar, and yeah. that's why if anybody in Rat I want to see it would be Warren Martini, then it would be Stephen Pearson, then it would be uh, Robin Crosby and the other two, I don't care. They're replaceable. What the fuck? All right, look, I uh, uh, one good thing I'll say about Juan Cruzier is the vocals he does on "Uh, You Think You're Tough." Okay, but what the fuck, Bobby Blotzer, man? That guy is like, like Fred Corey or you know whoever. Fucking any drummer can do what he does. Well, fuck
0: him. I feel the same way about uh, Tommy Lee, you know.
1: I don't. I don't. I yeah, think Tommy. I, I think well, Tommy Lee. I think is horrible with his drum solos these days. Right. Because he's so into no, techno. But but, but, the, I, but guy, I, the guy was. The guy hit the. The drums hard. You listen to, use it or lose it. Red hot bastards. That's some great, complicated drumming that Bobby Blotzer can't even do that shit in his dreams. I don't know, but act.
0: But I honestly think if if Tommy Lee looked and was hung like Bobby Blotzer, he'd be held in the same esteem as no. Bobby Blotzer.
1: I disagree. He hits, he hits those uh, drums really fucking hard. Where Bobby Blosser's just your egg you know, you're your fucking nobody's looking at the drum set drummer in a band. You know, he's the, he's the Dave Holland of Clam.
0: Ouch. Oh, I can't even top that. So, why don't we get into uh, this fucking epic review we have here? What do you say? With
1: Craig Sisnak.
0: Chris Szyznak.
1: You know me, man. I'm sorry. You know, you, By the way, he gives me a couple little jabs in this episode. Tune in. He's really good, man. He's really good at throwing the jabs at me, man.
0: Oh, man. And, I, I
1: almost hung up on his ass.
0: And, and what, I, what I love is, is we brought him down to our level and, and we got him good and sauced for this episode.
1: He was great. He's great and I, I look forward to having him back because he does want to come back and do crazy nights because this guy bashes me on here but remember when he's bashing me Remember, this guy likes Crazy Nights. I can't wait for that
0: one. But without further ado, do, let's get to Psycho All Circus. Right. Here it goes. Prepare your anus.
1: All right. Now we're going to do the review for Kiss Psycho Circus. Uh, and, uh, Ian, don't we have a special guest this week?
0: You're damn right we do. From the Decibel Geek Show, we have Chris Sinzak. Very happy to have him back.
1: Hi, Chris. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on
2: again. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're very welcome, man. Uh, yeah, are uh, are you aware of this album, Cycle Circus? Oh, dude.
2: Yeah, I I suggested this because the last time I came on with you guys, we did my favorite Ramones album, which both of you guys didn't like, and uh, I kind of felt like the odd man out. So like, um, initially, Ian wanted to do Crazy Nights, which is another album I like a lot. I was like, no, I want to, I want to have some fun. I want to find something I can shit on real good. So I picked, oh, Psycho oh,
1: oh, so I'm gonna so, be the odd man out this week. Yeah,
2: yeah. Spoiler alert.
1: Because I love this I album.
2: Actually, likes. Oh God. No, no, no. I don't Brothers, like it. it.
1: I don't like it. I love it. Oh, what, what drugs? Oh. Uh, Oxycodeine, um, cat tranquilizers, <laughs> Quaaludes. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I, I got a connection with Bill Cosby, and. Uh, I'm I'm walking funny. I love this album. Yes. Why? Why? Well, we'll go track by track and I'll explain to you why. And you know what? I'm not alone. There's three other mental patients that, that agree with me. <laughs> yes. uh, oh, by, by the way, Chris, uh, no offense, but really? Crazy Nights?
2: <laughs> I love Crazy Nights. That's the album that got me into the band.
1: Oh, boy. You're one
2: to talk about.
0: All right, I, I I I like Crazy Nights better than this. T- wow, shit! Spoiler you. alert! You know, yeah,
1: okay. I'm gonna be bang- ganged up on, it, but it doesn't matter because, yeah, because I'm 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 Doctor Fuck.
0: Yeah, if you're not familiar with getting ganged up on. Call your mother; she'll t- she'll talk you through it.
1: Oh man, mother joke number one of the uh, this week. Yes, <laughs> really good one, Ian. My Thank mother, you. my Thank mother you. is a whore. <laughs> I get it. What it you meant by that?
0: It sounds so dirty when you say it.
1: Well, that's because my mother's a whore. Anyway, uh, well, this album, uh, I was really excited to hear when it first came out. And to be honest with you, uh, I didn't really dig it. Uh, off. You know, I was a little disappointed when I first heard it. I was expecting more out of it. But as time has gone on, I've really grown grown very fond of this album. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate that all four original members hardly played on it. They only played on one track, all four together. But as a whole, I, I, I just like it. Hey, hey, get this, ready? Not only am I going to be um, the unpopular one here, but I'm going to say something that's very unpopular, that the KISS Army are going to take out their little pew, pew, guns on me when I say this. I enjoy this song more than Revenge. Woo! Oh,
0: God.
2: <laughs> okay. This is oh.
0: gonna be interesting. Okay, so you see what we're working with, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Chris, Chris, can,
1: Chris, can you sing me my way?
2: <laughs> uh, well played.
1: Thank you. <laughs> all right, okay, uh, now go ahead, bash away. Now that we got the positive uh, done with, now let's bring in the negative. All right, you uh, two, take it all away. All right.
0: Well, let, let, let's hear what uh, Chris has to say about this album and when he first heard it and his uh, initial reaction.
2: Okay, well, here's the deal. When this album, before this album came out, all right, I was like one of those pathetic people early early in the days of the internet that would meet, try to meet up, some, meet with somebody that's uh, online to date. And I met this chick who was like a supposed Kiss fan. And this chick, it turns out, was basically like a groupie. She got to hang out with Paul Stanley when Kiss were in town in ninety seven. And she so I met up with her and she I'm asking her if she's like, Well, he let me hear some of the new album. I'm like, Well, what does it sound like? Oh, it sounds just like the old stuff from the seventies. Awesome. So that was what my initial thought going into this was. So I kinda of blame her for this. But then, you know, this this is the band that gets back together, this huge multi million dollar selling tour and writing off the glory of the albums from 74 to 79. So yeah, Dynasty was a little different, but it's still pretty much rock and roll. But, so we know what kind of blueprint we're dealing with. And then we pick up the album, and I don't know about you guys, the first time I heard this album, I was like, A, this is not the type of material I was expecting, and B, there's no way in hell that's Peter Chris on the drum. Um, I'll give Tommy Thayer credit. He does a great Ace Fraley impersonation on most of his albums. Because I, mean, I bought I bought into the myth that Ace did play on this album for early on. But I think the disappointment and the fact that it was such a dishonest album, is the, that's the biggest reason I hate this album. The second biggest reason I hate this album is it's just, it, there's so many, they're, they're trying so hard to write another rock and roll all night. I honestly think that some of these songs, Paul Stanley was thinking, if this gets on the radio, it's going to be as big as rock and roll all night. And it's like, by 1998, if you guys didn't realize that no one was going to play a new KISS record on the radio, then they're delusional. So, we'll go track by track and I'll explain my gripes with all these. There are well-written songs on this album, but for a reunion KISS album, this album blows. It's terrible. And it's, it's just not at all what I was hoping for. And I think most of, the, most of the fan base will agree that it's not what they wanted. If you wanted rock and roll over, you sure as hell didn't get it. You got
1: this. Oh, Chris, uh, what's your opinion on Creatures of the Night? I love Creatures of the Night. Well, that was a very dishonest album. Why? Well, first of all, they had Ace on the cover. He didn't play on it. Many years later, we found out Vinny didn't even play on the whole album. Like everybody played, even Eric Carr played bass on one of the songs. Yeah, but
2: we're not talking about Creatures talking about Cycle yeah. yeah, no, but
1: but you brought up the fact that you didn't like Cycle Circus because it was dishonest. And well, I just wanted if, to bring up the fact if that I was too.
2: No, it's a fair point, Ralph, but if, if, if I was a fan at, in 1982, I might have viewed it the same way. You know, I mean, I wasn't a fan in 1982. I was fucking six years old. Well, you, would so, know, cause you I, wouldn't have in
1: 1982 because we didn't know about this shit until like the Kiss convention but, in 97 that they didn't yeah, play no on man. it. <laughs> You know, it's like ridiculous. I mean, Psycho Circus. We found out what, like five years later. Where Creature of the Night, we found All out right. like twenty years later. You know, fucking. Well, crazy. I
2: mean, honestly, if if if, this, if they had put out, and I know you guys are not big fans of what they so-called Scab Kiss. If they had put out an album more like Sonic Boom, where they were at least trying to pull off or eighties, seventies style, this Psycho Circus would have gone down a little bit smoother for me. Because I mean, I'm just, honestly, they. It's like they. They gave everyone a cocktease for the 1970s Kiss and then what do they put out? They put out 1980s hair band. It's just, it was a complete like bait and switch fight.
1: Okay, fair enough. Ian, oh, go ahead.
0: All right, well, uh, Chris mirrored a lot of my tunes on this album. Uh, I was so excited for this. I mean, because Kiss is the band that really, you know, solidified me into hard rock and heavy metal and was such a huge fan uh, you know, the reunion blew me away. I mean, in hindsight, how that first reunion show was, I don't know. Because I was just I was fucking shooting jizz the whole time. I was so excited. And then the prospect of a new album, I was like, hell yeah. But I wanted 70 Sound and Kiss. And I never, the first, the first song I heard was Psycho Circus. I heard it before the album came out. And I remember, uh me a girl i was seeing at the time and a couple other people were getting ready to drive to orlando and it comes on the radio station i'm telling everybody "I'm like shut the fuck up this is the new kiss song this is going to be amazing and psycho circus came on and i was like eh, you know it was like like the parent of an ugly child <laughs> you know it's like isn't it cute isn't it you know isn't this awesome even though inside it's like this is not what i wanted to hear this is not what i wanted to hear this doesn't sound like old kiss uh what the that doesn't sound like ace fraley this doesn't sound like peter chris but yeah uh, again i will say at that time i did not know that it wasn't them but i was like man it doesn't sound like regular kiss and then the day the album came out i took off of work i i called in sick and i went to a Best buy in melbourne florida And I remember getting pissed. I'm there before 10 o'clock when they open. And I see some other cars there. I was like, fuck these motherfuckers. I'm getting the first fucking copy. I mean, that's how, you know, fucking excited I was and obsessed I was. This was my childhood. This was my band. And uh, I I went there and and I was pissed because one guy got to check out before me. You know, but I run out to my car. I throw it in the fucking Alpine. And I was like, "Ah, ah, shit. Um, I also feel like man, you wanted some uh, '70s kiss, and <laughs> and this sounded like fucking um, a lot of Carnival of Souls throws throw away. I mean, we didn't have heard that album yet, but what we would now, you know, later know sounded like shit like that and bad shit from like you know Hot in the Shade. I, I think, mean, I, was... I think
1: we did have Carnival of Souls. Wasn't it released before Cycle Circus? I could swear.
0: The, yeah, but. the boot, the, the bootleg. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. No, oh, no, no,
1: right. no, no, no. I thought the official You're was right. released during the I, reunion yeah. time. You, huh? might, you
0: might be right. I, I did have the bootleg. Now to think of it, I did have the bootleg. I had it on cassette that I bought it. Yeah, the
1: original,
0: the official
2: came out in 97. And Ralph was right.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so, so I did have it. But I did have a bootleg that I got at a convention before it was officially released. And, uh, But, man, I just wanted you know, shit that sounded like Kiss. and to, to, to me, that was the whole thing about the reunion. Let's get some real Kiss and not uh, everything we've had since Dynasty, which is, after Love Gun, every album they did, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take uh, Elder out of the equation because that was just way in left field, but every album they put out was jumping on the trend of whatever was popular, and I didn't want that anymore. I wanted, like... You know, first album through Love Gun Kiss, and man, I did not fucking get that, it broke my heart, Um, you know, but we'll get into it with song for song, and uh, Ralph, you love this shit so much, you take the first track, the title track, Psycho Circus.
1: This is what I heard first, actually, Um, and I was like, shit, this is really good, because you know, we've been hearing about Psycho Circus forever. Uh, for like you know what hour long it took to make we kept reading about it and then we get to hear the song cycle circus and i was floored. and i think it's great i love the video even though it's cheesetastic i love it and um i think it's tied for my favorite track off the album or yeah yeah it's tied because there's another track on here that i like just as much chris what do you think of the title track
2: well, I agree with you on the title track. I think Psycho Circus has a good place in any Kiss set list. I think it's, I you know, a lot of people bitch about them playing it live, but this is a song that that Psycho Circus could have come out. I don't know. It doesn't really sound like '70s Kiss, of course, but I think it sounds like a very strong '80s Kiss track. Um, it's got a good solo. It's got. It's a good riff. It's a great fucking riff. I'll be honest. And Paul Stanley. You know has awesome vocals on this song but um, yeah it was kind of like and actually it was almost a, it was a bad thing that I liked Psycho circus so much because it went so downhill afterwards um, it's not my favorite song on the album though there is oh, one other song on here that is I'm, my favorite on the album
1: I'm but. very interested to know what that is because you know everybody thinks cycle circus is like the standout
0: track I will say this is my second favorite track on here. What? I'm, I'm yes. shocked.
1: You actually yes. like a song on here more than Psycho Circus.
0: Yes, oh, oh by far. Really? Uh, by far. By 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 fucking a country mile. Oh by yeah. by a a Nashville mile. Alright. Uh, well I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> but uh It's the ballad. It, it yeah. Yeah, you got me there. Uh it's it's not bad, but it's not great. It sure as fuck ain't no tears are falling. I'll tell you that. Oh, fucking I like much.
1: it way more than Tears of Falling.
0: Yeah, well, you're sober. You're fucking crazy. I'm
2: telling oh, you what I Oh,
0: no! Tears of Falling! That's fucking best. Best things is stay fucking stairway to heaven. All right? Uh, I that wasn't that far. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. Uh, not, not bad, but not great. I was expecting more of a classic sound. And it was just, to me, it was a little bit too modern. It wasn't horrible, but I i, I mean, t- to me, Psycho Circus sounded like it, it could have came off a hot in the shade. Oh, you know get know? out of town! No, I'm telling you the truth No here. way, man. The, the, no, tr- come the, the on. truth is, I see it. It wasn't bad, but it, it wasn't great, and I was like, well, the next song, next song's gonna knock me out my boots. But it did It didn't. The next fucking song is Within. And, uh, it's not horrible but here's another one just totally doesn't sound like ace or peter it, it sounds very grunge I think this would have been better on a Gene solo album you know if more of asshole sounded like this asshole might have been a better album uh, come to find out this was a song left over from the carnival soul sessions and it sounds like it I mean it's not horrible but you know, I don't want introspective Gene. I want Gene fucking a little kid. You know, or, <laughs> no, you know. Don't I, say
2: that with the Reason News, please.
0: Oh, come, oh, come on. <laughs> Fuck your five dollars footlong. I mean, you know, a seventeen-year-old. You know, barely legal or barely illegal, I should say. But uh, you know, I want something like either evil or, or you know, fucking something sexual. And and, and this was neither. This was like neutered grunge. And it's bad grunge, you know. This, this isn't Alice in Chains This is Candlebox. Oh <laughs> come on,
1: not that bad.
0: No. Oh come on, this, <laughs> this, this, nah, come on. This could have been on a Seven Mary Three album. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. really need, you really need AA, brother. Oh oh, uh, they'll fix my car. I oh, know that's AAA. That's AAA. anyway. Anyway, you need that uh, too. You annual- need,
1: you need a guy from AAA to come and slap the shit out of you. With a tire.
0: Oh, no, no, my old lady does that plenty enough. But, uh, yeah, uh, not a horrible song. But, again, not what I wanted out of this album. It doesn't sound like Demon Gene. This ain't no, you know, wait, waiting in the ladies room. You know, this is, uh, I don't know, I don't know, this is Gene trying to be current. And uh, you can sell it all day, but I'm not buying. What do you think, Chris, of Within?
2: I'm kind of like, I'm kind of of two brains with this song, because like, well, I, I love Carnival of Souls, I'm one of the few people I think that does, but, and, you know, I thought it was a brave album, I'm not if it a brave album to make or not, but I like some of the riffs on it, it would have fit nicely on there, um, but again, it's like, you know, I was hoping for, I wanted to hear Gene, H, Peter, and Paul play together, and by the time I got to this song, I was like, okay, we're really being fucked over on this this album. And um, it was just a bummer. It's not. I mean, if I'm just viewing it as a song, it's not a bad rock song. It's certainly not a typical Kiss song, but it's adventurous. Um, the biggest letdown for me was I heard these guys play the try, well, attempt to play this song live when they played here in Nashville on that tour, and oh, it was horrific. It's. I mean, it was. If you had any, if you had any, if, or if you were wondering if if all four members played on this track. Once you saw them play it live, you knew for damn sure they sure as hell did not play it. <laughs> it was uh, it was a fucking train wreck, and um, but as a song, it's a good kind of post grunge hard rock slash metal song. But it's not it's, but it's just like I said, not what I was
1: not what I was hoping for at all. Uh, my my opinion on this, I really do love this song, but I feel like it doesn't fit the theme of this mm-hmm. album. It's kind of this is the one song that really sticks out like a, a sore thumb on this album. It, it, it's a good song though. I do like the song. I like the little back the beginning with uh, Bruce Kulick doing the background guitars and stuff. And yeah, I, this is Bruce Kulick actually on this song.
0: That that's not Ace.
1: No, it's Bruce Kulick. <laughs>
0: I'm kidding. Honestly, no, no, this, no. Ace it, honestly, did
1: play more than one song. Though. Yes, he
0: did. Yeah. Well, this
2: honestly, did. it's um. It's a hookier chorus than just about anything you'll hear on Carnival of Souls. It would have would have made Carnival of Souls a lot better, honestly.
1: Well, I love Carnival of Souls, like half of it, but then there's the other half that feels like, boy, these songs could have been good if they would have spent more time on it, but Gene and Paul ran off yeah. to do the, prepare the reunion and kind of left it high and dry to Bruce Hulick and whoever was their producer. Yep.
2: So you need to have me back on to, to do the Carnival of Souls.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll have me back. And uh, for that one, and, well,
0: uh, I, I want you back for Crazy Nights, goddammit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I won't, I won't, I won't be here for that.
0: Hey, hey, hey! I don't hate Crazy Nights as much as Ralph
1: Ah, I, I can only get ganged up enough, guys, right?
2: I don't know, Bang Bang, you could have fit really well on Poser Holocaust.
1: You. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, nice having you on the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I liked it, like I said. I liked the sh- I liked the song, but it just didn't fit on the album. Uh, unlike, I bet the next track. What is it? Oh, I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll. Uh, I like this one, um, but oh. shut up! Shut up, Ian! Man, oh, yeah. I get, you don't know, wait till I complain after I'm done, right? Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that, I, 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 Come on, I, I, hey, I, hey, I, hey!
1: Shut up! Tears are falling. So, uh, I, I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll. It is kind of a filler, but they brought it back, I think, to rock the nations towards some shit. They actually put it in the Settlers where they didn't play it on Psycho Circus. But I also want to add that Psycho Circus was supposed to play down here, but they canceled the show so they could play the goddamn Super Bowl. Do you believe that shit? Thanks, <laughs> kids.
0: A- anyway, so
1: I so I missed the Psycho Circus show. I didn't get to see it. But anyway, I dig this song, but, you know, if I was to, like, rack up my favorite to least favorite, it would be pretty down there, but I still like it. I like... It. It's, a, it's a feel-good song, and it, it really does bring uh, the the vibe of this album. This album is very... Anth- 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 let me see if I can pronounce the word. Anthemic. Anth- anthemic, yes. Um, because of Psycho Circus, this, and there's a few other songs, mostly Paul's songs on here, are very anthemic except for that one song where all four of them sing. That one's pretty anthemic too, but... I really dig this song, but, you know, it's not one of my favorites on here, but it's not bad. Uh, All right, I'll throw it to Ian this song.
0: All right, uh, let me refer to my notes here. Uh, First word is horrible. Uh, Oh, my God. Uh, This sounds like a Crazy Nights or Hot in the Shade reject. Uh,
1: Oh, reject.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I think this is really, really bad. Really bad, Paul. This is... This is almost my way, Bad Paul. Uh, and not not musically, but lyrically, uh, horrible. And it, uh, also, in my notes definitely not Peter. You know, he, you now know if you have two fucking ears, this is not Peter <laughs> Chris. And, uh, and 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 just sad. And it's like you know, it, it's one of those things that he's trying to sell. You know, it's like oh God, oh this you know, we're brothers again, it's unity, we're gonna take over the world and nothing can be farther from the fucking truth, and just horrible and comes off very plastic and cheesy, and we're talking about for kiss it comes off that fast uh, <laughs> it, you know it just, this is a bad song I mean, I mean seriously I would rather hear uh, Love is Like a Slap in the Face off of Hot to Shade than this, but I do love that song, but uh <laughs> Yeah, this, this, this is bad Bad, bad, bad In my opinion uh, What do you think, Chris? Well it's,
2: I don't think it's the worst song on the album i that Although I think we all know what the worst song Yes <laughs> so that, <laughs> I, I might disagree with you
1: <laughs> Oh god,
2: I hope you don't But uh, I don't know, Mus- musically I think it's actually Pretty damn strong I think they had a great idea on this song As far as the music goes but, as is a typical running theme on this record, it's like, let's do this love letter to the fans thing. And like, if it was any other band besides Kiss, I would believe that it was heartfelt. But with Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, and as much as of a Kiss fan as I am, I've learned that this is definitely a uh, disingenuous thing. And it's more of, we're gonna kiss your ass so you will show up to our concerts and pay more money for our shit. Um, lyrically, it's cheesy as hell, um, but no, though, like Ian said, it, it would fit comfortably on Crazy Nights. That's why I think musically it's not bad. And honestly, I have to give Tommy Thayer credit on this one. It's a damn good guitar song. Uh, and if you don't think so, then you're wearing, you know, blue tinted glasses. I think it's a damn good song. Uh, okay. All right,
1: Chris, Chris, why don't you take the next song? Oh God, I don't know my track. It, it's it's into the void.
2: End of the vo- okay, this is where I'm gonna piss you guys off. All right, okay. I am, I am, I am not a fan of this song. All right, okay. I think this song gets much this, this song gets a lot of undue um, praise because the original four play on the song, and for that fact, I think it's good. But if you had put ten tracks together of the original four playing songs together, this one would rank near the bottom. I think it's a it's a lazy A song, and it's very generic. It's very pedestrian. Even the solo isn't that I just I don't think it's a very good song. ever have.
1: All right, Ian, what do you think? I want to take this one last.
0: <laughs> all right, there you go. Uh, best song on the fucking album. Uh, you know, this is the one that sounds like Kiss. Uh, I wanted the whole fucking album to sound like this. Uh, you know, the, the lyrics, you know, it's kind of, okay, it's, I'm the space ace, I'm all this that kind of I could have done without it. originally I guess it was another song by Ace uh, I forget what the name of the song was <laughs> something was sharp yeah, yeah 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 they didn't like that so they rewrote it but musically it sounds like Kiss to me and and, and I fucking dig it and the drums sound like shitty Peter Chris drums that I love uh, you know everything To the, this is what I, if there was 10 tracks that sounded like Into the Void I would have been fucking happy. Uh I don't I don't know, man. I, I really did. this is exactly what I expected, what I wanted, but of course I didn't want Bruce Fairburn producing this fucking shit. Which I would've got Eddie Kramer, but uh um, I, I dig this fucking track. Uh, I love it. Best song on the fucking album. Uh Ralph, what do you think? All right.
1: This is what I think of the song. I'm with Chris on this one shock, Chris. You thought I liked it, right? Because I'm an Ace really. I figured cool. you would
2: love this song. Yeah,
1: because I'm an Ace really Kool Aid drinker. I know, I know. But no, well, I, was, I am
2: too. But I don't like the draw.
1: Yeah, I was very disappointed by this, to tell you the truth. It does have its moments that I kind of like, you know, because I am, you know, I mean, I, you know, being, you know, I nutswing swing so hard that it's hard for me to, to say I don't like anything about it. But for the most part, it's a very disappointing. Return of Ace and Kiss Song. I was expecting something man, like uh, like uh uh out of space from Anomaly, something like that.
0: I don't I, I I will say this. I mean, don't you think it's better than his three songs on a mask? Yes. Those those were yes. horrible.
1: Yes, but yeah. yeah, I would say yes, but I would tie it with uh Talk to me. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, talk, wow. to me, talk to me. is a good tune. I like I talk, to talk to me. me. Uh, okay, you're fired, Chris. <laughs> I like
1: I I, no, liked, I, I like talk to me. I don't love it, but I like talk. To me. I think it's an okay pop song, you know. Uh, but well,
2: honestly, you know, but I'm sorry to interject, but um, you know, you mentioned anomaly. We know that that he uh, that he um, he put forth the demo for Sister for this album, way and it got song. rejected.
1: Yeah, way better. And, way
2: better
1: fucking buries this song I agree agree on that you know Uh, maybe maybe it's because Gene and Paul didn't want to be you know overshadowed by Ace maybe that's why maybe that's why Gene took his song and and rearranged it and then Ace like rewrote the lyrics Uh, that's I I think that Uh, Ian left again Uh, he doesn't have a big bladder so I'll take the next song, uh, We Are One. Uh, I, I wish oh Ian was boy. here for this, but we, I guess, you know. Um, actually, Chris, why don't you you take it? What do you think of We Are One? I
2: have some stuff to say about this song. This song fucking sucks. Okay. And if this was a Disney Channel song or a Coca-Cola jingle, it would be great. But it's a Kiss song. And, it's, and the fact that a guy that blood and breathes fire is singing this fucking namby-pamby bullshit it's just horrible and this is coming from a guy that likes some of the ballads that are on gene solo album i don't know i don't know what the disconnect is there i like some of the stuff he does where he gets super reflective and all but this song is this may be the most disingenuous song that kiss has ever put out it is so fucking horrible Mm -hmm. and i know ian agrees with because i think i mentioned it to him earlier on uh, well it, it, yeah, it
1: actually it, it actually made ian's top 10 of top 10 kiss war songs, hello. Kiss songs. Oh. it made it on it, that it, list
2: oh. it sucks so i can't even i could say it sucks for the next two hours and still would not completely convey how much i think it sucks
1: no. well all right ian well just repeat what you said about we are one.
0: Oh my god um uh, I think this is a cover of uh, a Toad the to Wet Sprocket song. This Thank shit, you. this shit is offensive. Uh Jesus Christ! Fuck a chick already, kiss? This is terrible. Uh this shit set gay marriage back ten fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Probably fifteen. Uh, it, it it's horrible and it's so disingenuous. Ingenu- I don't know how the fuck. I'm not saying that word right, but anyway. It, it's a <laughs> sham. It's a, it's a sham, and it's terrible. And they're trying to sell it. And you know what? I bought it when I was fucking 13. But when this album came out, I was in my fucking 20s. And it, it, it's not cool, dude. I just wanted to fucking fuck some chick kiss. And this is like, hey, we're all brothers. But in the meantime, they're all dealing with lawyers and all this other bullshit. And, you know, if you read Paul Stanley's book, and if you believe even half of that... You kind of understand why he was pissed And you understand the drama But you know what If that's what's really going on Why write a song that is this fucking bullshit uh, You know it, it, It's fucking terrible it, Oh, I, I hate this fucking song Terrible, terrible, terrible But uh, Ralph, tell me why it's great uh,
1: It is my favorite song on the album Along the Cycle Circus No Woo!
0: I don't uh, I'm kidding
1: I love this fucking song. I love melody. I love... I just love the structure of the song. I love the way he sings it. I love the background that we are one. I love that shit. This is up there, man. I love the hell out of this song. It makes, uh... You know, it's... We Are One is kind of like uh, a man's version of Tears of Fall.
0: Oh. Uh, <laughs> really? 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 <laughs>
1: I love this song. I cannot stress it enough and I loved it the very first time I heard it and to this day It's tied with Psycho Circus. It's my favorite track off the album. I love it's. It's just got a good melody a good vibe. I love I love everything about this damn song It's 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 a nice mellow tune And uh, it's great Uh, how genuine it is. Hey, man, uh, really? Does does Gene Simmons really live in a cave and he is the God of Thunder molesting Bob Ezrin's kids? No, he's not. it's all
0: okay. In in my mind,
2: why do you think his house got first?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: okay, all right. How about like when Paul Stanley talks about chicks?
0: Well, you got me there. Yeah, uh, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> You're looking for somebody, but it's not Kid.
1: Yeah. Uh anyway, so uh hey, wow, I just thought of something. Christine 16. Man, there's a lot of evidence against Gene. I don't care if he was home or not. Anyway, uh so uh yeah, I love this song. Let me take the next track. What's the next track? It's uh uh You Wanted the Best. Oh. Oh the cheese tastic.
0: It should have been Shannon Tween62 but it's not <laughs> you know. alright
1: well next is the song where it features everybody doing lead vocals I remember the first time I heard this song I freaking loved it I was like this is awesome you have everybody in oh my god Ralph hey 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 Chris, Chris 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 Chris, Chris. You're, a, you're a guest don't forget that bro <laughs> I'm sorry it's
2: just, I'm, I'm a listener to the show and I can't hey, believe you're hey hey it.
1: hey it's like you it's like you came in my house without wiping your feet what's up with that alright listen Uh, I still think it's a good song. Not as much as the first time I heard it. It has not aged that well with me. It's good in a weird Al Yankovic kind of way, I guess. It's funny. You know, it's like you hear uh, Ace complain, uh, you're just a falling star. (laughs) Even Paul can't... Even in a song, Paul can't keep his ego in check. Hey, who do you think you are? Anyway, uh, the one thing I really hate about this song it's like, what's the point at the end when they're acting British? Blah, more war. No, What the fuck's that about? But I can tell that's Ace Frehley's guitar solo. And to me, that's the best part of this song. Ace Frehley ripping it up. Classic Ace solo to this Cheesetastic song. Uh, I loved it. Now I kind of like it in a little special kind of cheesy way. But then after all, I mean, what do you expect from me? I love We Are One. Ugh. All right. All right. Uh Chris, what do you think of uh, You Wanted the Best?
2: You're giving me shit for like in tears are falling, but then you talk about the great things about we are
1: one. Oh, I, I I like I like uh You Wanted the Best way more than Tears are Falling. Thank you. Oh
2: my, oh, my god. god. Um i let me wipe my feet real quick. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. No, this this song is a fucking musical abortion. It is so fucking bad. The 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 riff is, is fucking generic. The the solo is the only saving grace this song has. Ace Frehley kicked ass on the solo, but the the lyrics and like, it is this funny? Because Gene kept going out of his way in interviews to talk about how genius he was about. Well, you know, I originally wrote it about just me and one other person, and then I, I decided well maybe it would be about the war of words we had in the press. Like. That sounds good on paper, but when you try to put that into a song, this is what you end up getting at. You get a horrible, cheesy song. Um, the British thing at the end is just them trying to, I guess, them trying to show that they're buddies now, which we all know was a load of horse shit anyway, because they were basically talking lawyers through lawyers for the entire recording of Yeah, Yeah, I think, um, think
1: their
2: lawyer so, is British. That was actually him on the, on the record. Yeah, maybe it was Sir you
1: know, Dennis Eaton Hogg. Hey, um, I could be so, wrong. Like, <laughs> I could be wrong, Chris, but I, I think I read that Gene said he wrote this song back in the 70s, and like he Yeah. Yeah,
2: it. Yeah, uh, yeah he, yeah, he claims he wrote it back in the 70s. I don't know if that's true. Or not, but it was, um, I don't know, it's just, it's just, I don't know, everything, on so much on this album is a swing and a miss. It's like they, I think the intentions may have been good, but the execution just wasn't there. And maybe that was because you either had two guys that were refusing to play ball with the other two, like Ace and Peter were not willing to work within Gene and Paul's structure, or Gene and Paul were like, well, fuck you guys, we are Kiss, and we're going to write the album the way we want it. It I, all depends on who you believe.
1: I honestly believe Ace and Peter when they said they weren't even invited to the session. I believe
2: that. I agree. I
1: totally believe that. Yeah, I that. think
2: that it was a power trip move on Gene and Paul's part.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I mean, Whatever, okay, uh, wait Ian, say what you want about this song I know it's going to be negative
0: uh, Oh my god, this is horrible This could have been the best song on the album Uh, But every song on the Wicked Lester album Is better than this shit uh, No, 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 better This is fucking horrible Uh, Lame as fuck i want i wanted real kiss and and this was just fucking uh, like a bad joke the only one the one thing i will say great about this song is peter's voice i thought peter sounded great on this and it's proof that peter should have done a rocking song and not what yeah. not what he ends up doing it should have been more of a a main line or a baby driver and not what he did that that sounds like bad mini driver <laughs> you know it's fucking <laughs> it's it's fucking horrible um uh, yeah this song and and once again it's so disingenuous. I can't say that fucking word but it's fake people it's fucking fake uh absolutely horrible but man i had high hopes for this one and they let me down uh and you know whatever the real reasons were they didn't play Uh, Whether it was contract disputes or whether it was just Paul and Gene saying eh, uh, that makes it even that much worse, though, that they would try to pimp this out to you and say, like, oh, we're kissing, we're happy. So, yeah, fuck this fucking song. I fucking hate this goddamn track. And I'll go into the next one, which, uh, let me look, look over here at this shitty CD. Oh, my God. But then we get to raise your glasses which you know I was trying to come up with something witty and, and something funny to say about the song because I hate it so much but one reviewer beat me to it that, that, that summed it up way better than I ever could and that was Caitlyn Jenner who called this song gay and confused <laughs> this song is fucking horrible oh my god i hate raise your glasses sounds like a goddamn commercial it's fucking terrible i mean it's really really bad and i mean re- please i hope you don't like this song oh i love
1: this song but go ahead <laughs> oh
0: my god no. if you do you have no reason to fucking hate on crazy nights <laughs> or hot in the Shade because that th- those demos buried this fucking song raise your glasses. Ray- oh my god. This is so bad. Uh, I, I would like to go to somebody who has an honest opinion. So, Chris... Hey! You follow me. Wait, up. wait, 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 wait.
1: If I if I didn't have an honest opinion, I would lie and say this song sucked like the rest of the planet, wouldn't I? I don't know. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I, I think you're doing it for real. I think all three of us are being honest, Okay. Don't okay. say I'm not. Be- I'm not fucking gonna say a, a, song, a okay. shitty song
0: is good just for the sake of argument. Okay, I was trying to save your fucking rep. Okay, play with it. I'm trying to, you know. Fuck my rep. Everybody hates me anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, what do you think about raise your Glass?
1: People hate me because I'm, I'm. I do a show with you, Ian.
0: Well, true. I'm
2: just. I'm just thinking of the reputation of Doctor Fuck Like We Are.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe it has a lot to do with my worship for Abba. Okay. And, so, and, uh, Abba and again, 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 yeah. I'm not I'm now, not right making now, that
0: up. Right now Abba is embarrassed. <laughs> Alright, so well, <laughs> um, well.
2: Yeah, very uh well, it's definitely anthemic, I'll give it that. Um I don't know. It's a it's a corny song. It, I think it sounds like a, it sounds like a theme song to like a 1980s action show. That's what it sounds like. It's it's got like it's just it's very jingly. And this song and We Are One both sound like they were written for television. And um, I don't know. It's just I know some fans really love this song. It's good drumming by Kevin Valentine. Certainly not by Peter Chris, but. Uh, it's, an, I guess, I don't know. This is one of the more marginally passable songs on the album. The lyrics are horrid, but uh, musically it's not bad. I think it's, I, li- I like, the big, you know, bombastic '80s anthem sound, and it's definitely got that in spades. But uh, it's here we go again with the "let's celebrate how great we are" type lyrics, and it's just like, I mean, how much of that are we supposed to, to take without, you know, wanting to vomit? And thank you, you know, Paul. Paul Stanley has a lot of that in his catalog, even on, like, the solo albums. It's like, okay, we understand you're great, and we're great for being your fans, but, like, why don't we write about fucking Rupees again? What happened to that? I don't... I, I just This album is full of the love letter to the fans stuff, and it's like, well, you know, we fell in love with you because you song, sang about room service and shit like that. You know, but it's, uh, it's a cheesy song, but musically it's not bad, but it's, it's, it's an average song in my life.
1: Well, I think both of you should raise your glasses and put them on. Because you're both fucking blind. <laughs> Alright, check it out, man. I'm not, like, the biggest fan of this song. I, a matter of fact, I think it's, like, whatever. But I love that remix, man. The remix version that came with the single, uh, the Psycho Circus, actually, I like way more than the album version. It has, like, a little extended, you know, with the little guitar part. Well, you, I don't know if you guys heard it, but even if you did, you'd hate it. Because, you know... You know, you both of you are anti-Dr. Fuck, you know. You got, you know, I can understand. I can it's understand. Too cool for huh? Yeah. No, it's not that I'm too cool for school. No, 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 no.
0: I'm not anti-Dr. Oh, fuck. I'm anti-Bad <laughs> Kiss. Yeah. Then why do you like Tears of Fall? Because that shit's a fucking gem. Handed down by Zeus himself. What was
1: Chris saying? Uh, that Raise Your Glasses, that's Gene's lyrics i read your mind like an open book
0: oh yeah that's poetry. yeah
1: poetry. that's that's poetry that's poetry in motion all right same motion Better of
2: them everyone around the nation raise your glasses are we like are we writing that for dick clark's Rockin' Eve? <laughs> hey,
1: hey 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 ian i know you didn't think that was funny you're just laughing for the fuck of it no
0: no i, I i'm thinking of dick clark would like with his
1: lips down by his chin. I'm sorry. All right. No, 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 Chris, I'm just fucking around, dude. I actually like you being on the show. I have to do this persona on the show to be this dick to keep up with Ian. Anyway, but... uh, (laughs) uh, I'm actually loving Chris on the show because this is really cool. Usually it's like Ian's the odd man out. Now I'm the mod We gotta have Chris on more. I, I, on, I, on albums dude, I we, love and you we, hate by we, we, we
0: got so much response from the last time Chris was on. He did, uh, you know, the Ramones episode. That was very big. And Phil uh, <laughs> uh, Spector wrote, he goes, great review. Do it again, I'll shoot you. Uh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Mark, Marky Ramones said, hey, next time, do a good Ramones album. All
1: right, uh, next song. Uh, who wants to take it? I, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who wants to take this?
1: Oh, I don't.
0: I don't. Go ahead. I'll do it. I'll do it. This I honestly in my heart of hearts I believe this was a sabotage. I, I, I think that, that that Peter probably came to the table with a song that was horrible because he's Peter Chris. And he's horrible. He probably came with a horrible song. And and if you look, if you read Paul's book or I actually listened to the audio version on YouTube this week. And the way, I mean, he bags Ace, but he bags Peter way more. I mean, oh, Paul fucking hates Peter. Paul really fucking hates Peter, Chris. And I think this was like his thing to say, like, okay, we're not going to give you a rocker because with that fucking voice you might do something. Because like I said on the one the horrible song, you wanted the best. I thought Peter sounded... Great vocally. Yeah, I thought he was the best vocals on that damn song. I, I agree, I agree. And it's like, fuck him. We're not giving him any chance to shine. We are gonna give him the worst fucking ballad ever. And that's what Paul and I think I think Bob Ezrin might have had a little bit of something to do with this. If I could be wrong. But anyway, uh what a horrible, horrible fucking song. I mean, this shit. Is bad. I mean, real. This, I think this song is worse than any song on Peter's solo album, and that's saying something, people. That's saying something. This shit is fucking horrible, and I think it's kind of like just a shove it out there, like, hey, here's our weak link. It's Peter. It's Peter. Here, here, here's a fucking lifeboat, you know, with no fucking air in it, you know. I hope he fucking drowns this is a horrible fucking song and listen to all y'all it's sabotage what do you think
2: Chris? (laughs) well you're going into like some Jesse Ventura conspiracy shit I don't
1: (laughs) know if it's that
0: no it is It is.
1: I actually actually agree with Ian you
2: know same thing with Ace I don't know It's, it's a terrible song um Ian had mentioned while Ralph was taking a piss that it would have been cool if, you know, to have like a main line or a baby driver, or a, a rock and upbeat type song for Peter to sing on. Instead, we get Beth part two. And it's just like, you know, Beth was a milestone for the band. I'm not a huge fan of it as a song, but it, it, was, it was a huge part of the band's history. They should have known they never could repeat something like that. And um, they shouldn't have even tried. They should have done something more uptempo. It's a fucking horrible song. It's just—it might be the worst thing Paul Stanley's ever written. It's just—it's it, sung off key. It's performed badly. It's not—the it, lyrics are smalty uh, It's just—oh, there's there's nothing. There is not one positive aspect to this song at all, in my opinion. It sucked in every way.
1: Uh, I can
0: sum maybe up the,
2: maybe okay. the worst song ever in the Kiss catalog. Wow,
0: worse than we are oh, one. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, I would say one, one more, but but close.
1: Partners in crime, I, I like less.
0: No, 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 no. What's Whoa. what 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 what's the fucking Armageddon song they tried to do for Detroit Rock Oh, that, that, oh that's, I want that better.
1: That's in par, I think. That's the same shit. It's just the yeah, same damn
0: song. Yeah, yeah, but at least this song they could blame on Peter Chris. That song got no to be blame Paul Stanley. No, I, bl- I blame
1: that song on, on Paul Stanley as well. I can sum up this song in seven words. Y'all ready? Yep. Tears are falling is better than this. That tells well, you how much you. I dislike this song.
0: Wow. Okay, well, I, it's, I agree it's, with It's, it's that bad.
1: All right. I got such a problem with Tears Are Falling. It sucks, and you know what? No, no, wait, 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 hold on. I am baffled by how you know even my bandmates. You know my, my guitar player. He's, he's not even into 70s kids, and he loves Tears of Falling and Who Wants to Be Lonely. And I'm like, what the fuck, hey, what man? Song? Oh, great Come songs. On. I love that album, by the way. I think I think uh, Asylum's a fucking awesome album. I'm just not a fan of those. <laughs> Uh, there's three songs I don't like on there there's two singles and that other one
0: Asylum is the second best non-makeup kiss album
1: I would agree I would agree see see Ian and you call me a liar why would I agree with you if I was lying yes it's better than Revenge fuck yeah I agree way better Revenge is so overrated it's not even funny um Unholy Rules um alright so uh I'll take the next song uh what is it oh dreaming oh no 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 no, it's not uh i'm 18
0: by alice cooper
1: yeah same thing uh i really dislike this song uh not because it's a ripoff of 18 which by the way it took alice cooper or people alice cooper's lawyers to to sue them for me to realize it's an 18 ripoff which it is but i never noticed it so he took him to court but uh I dislike the song. It's whatever, and it's kind of unfortunate because this is the only song that Bruce Kulick co-wrote on the whole album, and then like I don't think he gets any money from it because they sued because of this song, <laughs> so Bruce yep. ended up getting boned. But uh, it's like it's it reminds me of like one of those unfinished Carnival of soul songs. It's it's a it's like a double shot of garbage. On this album, right there, the Peter Chris and the Paul Stanley one. Yeah, Dreamin's a little better, but it's still not enough. Write home about. I'll take every song on this album over that, except for the Peter Chris, Paul Stanley pen tune. Uh, what do you think, uh, Ian?
0: Uh, my third favorite song on the album. Wow. But, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh Yeah. Definitely borrowed heavily. From the incredible Alice Cooper and 18, uh, but I gotta admit I like the song. Uh, a little bit too slick, a uh, little Carnival of Souls. But my whole problem with was the, you know, the production. Well, not my whole uh, problem, but uh, fuck Bruce Fairburn. I'm glad he's dead. Come, Come on, don't say that. No, 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 no! There's he's better. got, he's got family,
1: man!
0: Come on! Yeah, yeah, yeah! No, and his family owes me twenty bucks. Oh, uh, you know, gambling day! Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, but uh, this song, this song is all right. But again, it's another one that sounds like it should have been on Carnival of Souls. And I think we all agree we don't hate Carnival of Souls. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I love it, but there are definitely songs that I love. Uh, do I think it's a great Kiss album? Maybe not. I mean, it's better than the fucking Elder. That's no, goddamn sure. But uh, uh, not not a bad song. But it's another one that does not sound like classic Kiss. And I wanted <laughs> classic Kiss. I wanted fucking goddamn girl, you know, and fucking Ace Frehley, you know. Hitting the fucking toggle switch on the car With a You know And there's none of that on this shit He did it on Into the Void Yeah he did And that's why it's my favorite song on the fucking album But, but you know This one eh, But it is my third favorite song on the album I'm not gonna hate too much on Dreamy Whoa what um, do you know Yeah what do you know What do you say what do you know Chris Sinzak
2: Eh uh, Boring generic um, this song sounds like they were sitting around the studio going was there 10 tracks on this album <laughs> and, and um okay we got to get another track in here oh well, that dream song that Paul Stanley let's do that one. let's just throw that one on this song sounds like a complete after- afterthought I mean it's it's okay I guess for what it is but it's it just sounds like a generic put together filler track and there's not much to it it's it's okay, but, like, there's it's just nothing stands out about it. It's like, you would think that the first album that these guys put together in, like, what, 17 years or whatever, it would have meant more to them to put together something really strong, and it just sounds so fucking half-assed, and that's the way the whole album is It just sounds like a collection of demos that they polished up and said, okay, here's a record. Let's go back on tour. So, yeah, no, that's just... I'm real bitter about this album. This, this song is kind of a, a good example of why. It just sounds like a complete filler track that would have been left off the album.
1: I I happen to agree with you, Chris. Uh, Chris, why don't you take uh, the last track? Okay. This
2: is my favorite track on the record. And uh, it's not, it sounds nothing like a typical Kiss song, but there's something just, I don't know. And and this one thing, like, I can't exactly give, like, a a lawyer's... Amount of evidence of why I think this is like a great song, but it's there's just something cool about this song. It just it's you know it's called Journey of a Thousand Years, and it's just one of those songs where it feels like Gene for, decided to stop thinking about what would make a good song in 1998 or what song would make it on radio, and he just decided to write something that he liked. And it would have fit on his solo album in '78, which a lot of people give a lot of shit to. But there are songs on there that are honest, and I think this may be one of the most honest songs he's have done. Um, where Within sounds like him trying to write a Smashing pumpkin song and it just didn't work. This sounds more honest to that than that to me. Um, I just love the grand scale and the big sound of this song and the, how it just has a build throughout the entire song. And the drumming, I don't know if the drumming is Peter on this or not, it sounds a little bit more like Peter on this tune than on a lot of the other tracks. And I like how, and this is a thing where, I do love Bob Ezrin and I love his his production and they were trying to cop the Bob Ezrin idea with bringing the orchestra in and also bringing lyrics in from earlier in the album. Kind of trying to make the concept album type idea with, did you fly without wings? Did you see without sight? And stuff like that, like from within. And then also the um, guitar break from Psycho Circus he brings in as the orchestra part. I thought that was pretty clever. So I think it's a cool song and Gene's vocal on this song is really impressive. I mean he Gene doesn't have a great range, and I know Ralph will know this as a singer himself, but this is him kind of pushing himself to the limit and I appreciate that. I think it's a good song to end to end this album which is a huge disappointment.
0: Uh Ian. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said, Chris, actually. Um, even though it does sound like another Carnival song, uh, solo song to me uh, and it would be better on a Gene Solo album uh, there's just something about the song that's really neat and if this was a truly like a Destroyer 2 it would have been perfect but this is far from a Destroyer 2 this is more like a Hot in the Shade part 2 to me as an album um, but I dig this song and Gene does sound great and I like that it's different. And this would have been a great, like, middle of the album song. Like, you know, like... You know, maybe like the second to last song on the first side. Or the second song on the second side kind of thing. Uh, but I would have liked, you know... Of course, I'd much rather heard this album end with a Do You Love Me type kind of song. But, uh... I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But, again... Uh, if you listen to it musically, it's not classic Kiss, you know, and, uh, and the, you know, just like, you're going to end the album on this, and like, you know, by the end of the album, you know that it's Alan Schwartzberg, my fourth favorite Kiss drummer, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, whatever, Ken Valentine, who gives a shit? Uh, might as well be fucking, you know, uh, Max Weinberg. I don't know, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's a positive yet a real negative way to end the album, but it's definitely one of the better songs on this fucking crap cast and fucking shit. Uh, and that's about all I got. What do you say, Ralph? Oh,
1: amazing song, man. The song rules. Of course it rules. Because I love this album. This is a standout track. I uh, don't quite understand both of you guys not liking We Are One and liking this, but then again. Both of you like the through the phone. But this is yeah, I understand. Chris, you made a good point. Uh Gene was stretching his vocal boundaries on here. And one thing that Chris actually said that I was not aware of till right now. How long has this album been out? 20 years? 90, uh, long. Not,
0: 98.
1: 98. It's like 17 years old. I never saw the lyrical connection with within oh, really? this. Yeah, till right now you brought that up. Yes, I knew the orchestra doing the Cycle Circuits riff at the end. But, yeah, now that now that you mentioned the wings and stuff like that, I was like, wow, I didn't notice that. That's That makes me love it even more, man. <laughs> Chris, what do you say we kick Rian out, bro? It's just me and you.
2: Or <laughs> the new rock and metal combat. Podcast.
1: Have you joined the decibel geek? What the
0: fuck? <laughs>
2: I'll
1: be Uh, called a scab
0: with no integrity oh great I gotta gotta hang out with Eric Camaro and talk about fucking Olican Joe hey uh,
1: Chris is it okay Uh, if I call you Thayer
0: no (laughs) no (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) alright so that brings it into the album but Chris and Ian both of you may know the tracks that were recorded during this session I only know I only know of two there's more than two right I'm sure there is right yes Okay, so let's go through it. You guys do it, because all I know is two of them, so...
0: Well, what what I'll say, this is the one that I studied for the album. I actually have a four-disc set that is like a a fan edit of this album that has some unreleased shit, some alternate takes, and in all honesty, this album sucks so bad I've never even listened to it.
1: Can you send that to me?
0: Yeah, uh, I'll send it to you. I'll awesome. send it to you. Uh, but the one that's widely known is another Ace track called... Uh, in Your Face. In Your Face. Oh, my God. In Your Face. Written by uh, Gene. Oh, my God. Um. Now, on this song, I think Ace is in good voice. I love the sound of Ace on this song. But as song goes, it's like this would be a B-side on fucking uh, Second Side. You know, I don't think it's that, that great of a song, but I do love Ace's vocals, but uh, it's very much a Spoon, Moon, in June uh, generic kind of song that uh, doesn't do not much for me, but uh, that being said, it's better than fucking 80% of what's on this album. What do you think, Chris <laughs> and Zach?
2: I like it better than End of the Void. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think it's yeah, it's just, it's a, just a cheesy, you know, straight-ahead rock song. But I mean, it, I don't know, it's it's okay. It's it's not a great song by any means, but it's it's just an average song. I would I would have rather I would have dropped into the void and put this on the official release. Wow. Like, now, nah, in your face is okay, but like it, you can tell. I've, I've read interviews with Ace where he's kind of like, "Yeah, Gene wrote that for me. It's okay." I yeah, it's he, like, yeah, he
1: song. didn't really. I, saw, I heard it actually on an Eddie Trunk interview. A caller called in about it. He was like, yeah, Gene wrote that. He didn't really have much to say about it. Uh,
2: it's also more evidence of why, why the fuck did they drop not, not Let Sister onto the album they reported there. Exactly.
1: Because they're jelly. That's why. Uh, I, I, you know, actually, I don't know what else to say about uh, In Your Face because it mirrors exactly everything Chris said. I would have preferred this on Psycho Circus I don't think it's an amazing song. It's an okay song. It's definitely better than uh, uh, Into the Void, I feel. Um, Ace sounds good on it. It's a good rocker. It's okay. Uh, don't hate it. Don't love it. It's somewhere in the middle of the road. Uh, all right, so I'll take the next one because <clears throat> this is the only other track I know of.
0: Okay, I don't know this song. I'm gonna uh,
1: You do know it, but we'll wait for you. Uh no well, no you do know this, but we'll wait for you. Go ahead, go, go. Me and Chris okay. will take care of it.
0: Okay. Right,
1: bye. Bye. Uh the song that ended up on the box set, uh It's My Life, which, oh, which was originally oh, which was originally on the Wendy O Williams album, which a lot of people call the Lost Kiss album. Because that solo album features every member of Kiss up to that point. Even Vinnie Vincent wrote a song on that album. Eric Carr played on it. Uh, Paul Stanley played on it. Uh, Ace really did a solo on it. And Gene, I believe, played almost all tracks under the name of Reginald Van Helsing or some shit like that. Anyway, anyway, I really, really, I can tell Ian hates it. Man, I love this song. I love this song a lot. Ian hates this song? Yeah, he does. Watch when he does that. I can tell by just his face. face. Just his face, I can tell you, Ace. You'll see when he comes back. I'm not sure, but you'll see. I kind of can read this. Anyway, he's back. But uh, I'll say I really do love this song. Uh, I like it even more than the version Wendy O did. I thought it was awesome. I love the fact that Ace did a verse on it. It's a fun song. I think it's well recorded. Very polished, but... It's like very. It's a nice, polished song, and I just love the vibe of it. I made a video for it, by the way. You can see on YouTube for this song, and uh, I love "It's My Life," Uh, Chris.
2: Oh, dude! This is one of the best Kiss songs ever recorded. Thank you. And it's better than every single track on Psycho Circus. I wouldn't go that far. All of it. Oh, it is. And like the the fact that this song has been demoed for at least two albums, maybe more and never been released on an album shows I don't know how dumb Paul and Gene are or what but this song had single and radio play written all over it it's the catchiest damn chorus damn it's almost the catchiest chorus they've ever written aside from Rock and Roll All Night and Shout It Out Loud and it's like how the fuck do you record this song and I have heard the Psycho Circus demo for it and then go okay well we're gonna put I Finally Found My Way to You or Raise Your Glasses on it What the fuck? I don't, I, I, this is the, in my opinion, there's a lot of mystery surrounding KISS. The biggest mystery to me is why this song never made it on an album, and beyond that, why this song never was released to the radio. Because this song easily could have been a single and a hit.
1: Yeah, and it was released on a box set, like, with a million other songs covering it, so it wasn't like, you know, songs, unreleased songs on box sets aren't given really any importance. Which is weird wow. to me. It just it baffles my mind. So would you agree with me that it's actually better than the Wendy O version?
2: Oh, it's way better than the Wendy. I don't. I never. Wendy O Williams was cool as a novelty act, and I love that she was as crazy as she was. But her voice fucking sucked.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's I, objective. I, 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 I actually was loved it. i not a
2: Plasmatics fan or a Wendy O Williams fan, but I mean, she was cool as a novelty, but. I'd much rather get to play this song
1: than Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Wendy O fan. I really do love her voice, but I do agree with you that the KISS version is way better. All right, Ian, I predict this one. I predict you don't like this. Let's see.
0: All right, well, one thing I'm definitely going to disagree on is I absolutely love Wendy O'Wayne's. And I, I love the plasmatics, and I think she has a definite punk attitude and feel that I love. But... The only competition with this song is a plunger because it's a fucking turd. I told I, you, Chris. I fucking oh. hate... I fucking hate this song. This is another... Yeah,
2: we're breaking up. Dude. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, you wish. No, this is a raise your glasses type oh. horrible fucking song. Oh, my God. This, this is borderline my way. Horrible. Oh, come on. Oh, 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 th- oh this is... This is horrible kiss. This is horrible kiss. This makes fucking Heaven's on Fire sound like fucking Achilles' Last Stand. Well, I
1: actually like Heaven's on Fire.
0: Yeah, no, I do too. But it makes this sound sound like Achilles' Last Stand. And Heaven's on Fire ain't no Achilles' Last Stand.
1: Well, I like Heaven's on oh, Fire.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, oh, fucking It's Your Life is fucking horrible. Horrible. The, uh, kicks wouldn't record this fucking song this is this is horrible horrible i oh, hate goodness. this well, well there you
1: go all right well okay <laughs> the next songs i'm not gonna have any input in because i don't know what they are go ahead
0: oh i don't i don't know what the fuck we're talking about either it's
1: chris do you know any of them anymore
2: there was one that i know pretty well called body and soul that's Paul demoed and it's as gay as it sounds
0: yeah oh. well i'd rather hear Sword the the stone
1: from the fucking Shocker soundtrack I like this alright
0: so that's it is that it <laughs> alright well, the one thought I want to rule the world
2: that Gene did that's kind of beatily sounding but oh, I mean I, I listened to all those demos that got leaked and they're okay but they're I mean they do nothing to prove to me that they knew what the hell they were doing when they recorded this album I, they just were lost I, I just its one of those things where the, you got four guys together that didn't get along and Gene and Paul became control free and like, okay, we're going to record the anthem album we want. And uh, fuck Peter and Eighth, and we'll put this out. And that's the result you
0: get. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. All right, well, while Ralph is getting a drink or taking a piss, we'll bring up a couple of facts of the album. Uh, it was released on September 22nd, 1998. It reached number three on the U.S. Billboard charts and went gold. And uh, I guarantee that shit was the first fucking week. Because after that, th- this fucking album died. And, and for good reason. But, uh, you know, it was the last one they released for years until, uh, you know, uh, Sonic Boom and Monster. And what really surprises me is, uh, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, uh, okay, if you're not going to use Peter Chris and Ace Fraley. Why didn't you use Bruce Kulick and Eric Singer? And in my mind, it comes down to money. Because it was probably a hell of a lot cheaper to get Kevin Valentine and, uh, you know, Tommy Thayer. You could probably give him a couple of cappuccinos. And, you know, and he would record this shit. Then it would be to get the other guys. Plus, they were probably totally pissed off at the time, uh, you know, about being, you know, exiled from the band to make way for this reunion. But, uh... A, ho- a horrible album. A horrible album. I think the only one that is worse than this, in my opinion, is The Elder. And sometimes I go back and forth on what's worth, uh, you know, worse. Sometimes I almost respect The Elder more than I respect Psycho Circus.
2: And if- I, yeah, we're of two minds on that one. Because I... I you know yeah these two are the bottom two of my list.
0: Oh yeah and, and I agree there's a lot of you know bad songwriting on uh on Sonic Boom but they're still trying to that's where they're trying to capture the feel of old Kiss musically they right.
2: should have done that in 98.
0: Right right if they would have done that for Psycho Circus I would have hated it. Yeah, of course you would. I hate
1: Sonic Boom. I hate that fucking album.
0: No, I'm not saying Sonic Boom is a great album by any means. But what I'm saying is the spirit and and, and the feeling. It's like, okay, by Sonic Boom, we're like, okay, we're going to try to do 70s Kiss. And in my opinion, they failed. But I respect it more. And to me, Sonic Boom sounds more like 70s Kiss than fucking Psycho Circus. So. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, you know, and Chris, what you said earlier in the show is like, you know, Ian and I are known as the scab haters, but honestly, <laughs> I love Monster. I thought, I think Me Monster, too. I think Monster's the best album they've done since Look It Up. It's it's a pretty damn good record. I love, and you know, and they're in Scabs, but I feel like Tommy wasn't trying to be Ace freely with the solos like he was on Sonic Boom. I think they a little, uh, I don't know, they put their heads together a little better. I mean, it still had a clunkers like Eat Your Heart Out and shit like that, but for the most part I thought that was a damn fine album, you know? And it's very well, very
2: they, good. They, well, they went back to trying to play off their own influences. Like in Sonic Boom, they're trying to copy themselves, which it's okay, there's moments of good stuff on there, but Monster, it was like Challenging went back to what did we listen to growing up and like, you know, like Beck and uh, Humble Pie and stuff like that, and you can hear that they're playing off of their own influence. And when you play off the stuff that influenced you growing up, you can't go wrong. That's why it works.
1: Yeah, and there's songs on there that you can, uh, I actually can fit on any era of KISS. You know, there's like, uh, you know, like uh, what's that first song, Hell or Hallelujah or whatever. That could have been off yeah. Asylum, I'm not Asylum, uh, Animalized stuff like that. I mean, uh, it's just a damn fine album, but we're not talking about that. We'll have Chris back on the Monster episode whenever we do that. A lot All of right. people don't give that album a chance because of the scabs. Uh, and I've yeah. actually literally had people, I've heard people say that online. Like, I won't even listen to Monster. You know, it's like, missing well, out. yeah, you are. I mean, I think it's a damn fine album. Well, it, and shocking to me, because after Sonic Boom, I was expecting more garbage, and I was like, whoa, this is fucking good.
0: What what I will say is, I, I do uh, appreciate Monster better than, uh, definitely better than Sonic Boom. But, uh, you know, you want to talk about careers, I kind of totally aligned Kiss with Alice Cooper. You know, Cooper had fucking, you know, his cock rock era, he had his era. you know and KISS did all the same shit they abandoned what made them who they are and just chased what was current and both of them suffered for it
2: all right. yeah but honestly with KISS I never would have I, I wouldn't have gotten into the band had they not tried to chase the hair metal trend so I can't really dog them for that because it's like, like you know had they not put out Fucking turn on the night and reason to live. I'd never would have gotten into him in the, to right. start with. because
1: oh, uh, you're you're a,
0: you're, so. you're a hair metal fan. I totally am. Hey, so, so is Ian. So is Ian. <laughs> hey, my first Kiss album was Asylum. My first Alice Cooper album was Constrictor.
1: I I hate hair metal to tell you the truth. I can't stand it. And maybe that's why <laughs> you know we differ in a lot of. Our opinions, cause hey,
0: you love you love Cinderella Night songs.
1: That is the exception, though. I mean, <laughs> well, no, there's an exception yeah, but that's to
2: everything. Yeah, more of a blues rock record than a hair metal record. It, it, it's be but but, but, but no, no, it's no, not no. as
1: bluesy no. as On Cold Winter. No, 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 no. I don't think I don't think it's bluesy at all. I think that album's hard rock metal killer. They did turn into a bluesy band with the slide guitars and stuff like that. I'm I'm more into ballsy, you know. But there are exceptions. Look, I can't stand that band, Warren. But I liked Uncle Tom's Cabin. You know, I mean, there is a song, there's a song here and there that I would actually appreciate. I'm not this one of these guys that, oh, I hate that band, therefore Warren sucked Cherry Pie, Big Talk, whatever the fuck. I can't like Uncle Tom's Cabin. No, I can admit when I do like stuff, but it's because Uncle Tom's Cabin doesn't sound like fucking Cherry Pie. It doesn't t- sound like Tears are <laughs> Falling. It doesn't sound like Turn on the Night. You know oh. what I mean? Tears are Falling is a good song. I don't all right, dude. Look, it's
0: a great <laughs> song.
1: I'm not a hair metal type dude. And that song has a lot of the hair metal elements that yeah, I don't like.
0: You like We Are One, which is one of the most pussy songs of all time.
1: It's not hair metal, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> It's hairless metal. That's right. It's, it
1: takes... it. Get, it's very nostalgic. It, it, it takes it, me back to the day I had no hair on my nuts.
0: Does anybody else have any closing thoughts on this shitty album? Yeah,
1: We Are One rules. That's all I have to say.
0: All right. Well... Ralph, oh. All right, Chris, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, Ralph Strong on the We Are One,
2: and uh, <laughs> I don't like this album at all.
0: All right, there we go. Well, now let's go into something like, well... All of us will agree upon singularly, but uh, pick of the week. I'll Chris, go last. Chris, do you have a pick of the week?
2: I do, and I came up with this on the fly, and um, I picked this for Ian in particular. Nice. My pick of the week. My pick of the week is a uh, came out in 1983. It's the soundtrack to the movie Eddie and the Cruisers.
0: Yes. Thank you. Dark <laughs> side's <laughs> coming down. Nothing is real.
2: Featuring Don Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Yes! It is very near and dear to Ian's
0: heart. Yes, it is.
2: I'm one of the few people that will admit to thinking that some of the tunes on the Eddie and the Cruisers movies, and I said that plural because I'm including part two, oh, no. actually have pretty good tunes on them.
0: Well, you're pushing it with Eddie Lives, but uh, I agree with you. Well.
2: <laughs> I'm not not—I'm uh, not uh, putting forth the greatness of the second movie, but <laughs> there are a couple of tunes that are actually decent on that soundtrack. Uh. But the first soundtrack is fucking solid. Oh, hell
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh.
2: I have to give it to my, my father for this. My dad was a... We grew up during that era, you know, that this movie was set in and was a big fan of that style. And I have to give a lot of credit to this movie and the soundtrack... It's getting me into a lot of early rock and roll. And, you know, it's there. Yeah, it's a movie soundtrack and the songs are kind of fictionalized. But there is actually a really lot of good strong songwriting on this stuff. And, you know, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, it sounds like a joke band. They wrote some pretty damn good straightforward rock and roll stuff that sounds like the old stuff. So. I uh, The movies may be cheesy, but the music is actually pretty good. So that's my pick of the week. The Eddie and the Cruiser soundtrack from 1983.
1: I want to say, say something. I don't know if you guys were around back then when that was a hit. They, they got a lot of flack for being Bruce Springsteen ripoff band. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if you guys...
0: Did, were you aware of that, Ian? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a similarity. I mean, like the movie when it came out, it bombed. But once it yeah. went to HBO... It was I, I I, I, well. I mean, you know, any of us who grew up in the '80s, HBO had like 12 movies a month, and you watch the yeah. fuck out of them, you know. And uh, and man, it's a movie I fell in love with, and I fell in love with it right away. And I loved the music about the soundtrack, had it on cassette, you know, had it on CD. Um, but yeah, there was, that, you know, because it was that kind of blue-collar, kind of rock and roll shit, and that they were from the New York, New Jersey area. You know and uh
1: i want to say something too a funny thing about this uh that band was uh i saw i can't remember i think it was cheap trick at a casino here uh near my house in flagler and when they were done john Cafferty and the beaver brown band started playing on a separate stage near the bar for a second i was like hey is that Ian?" but it was actually <laughs> it really was That guy, and they opened the show from from the dark side. They're it. And I was like, holy shit. And I even told this chick, I go, is that? You know, because I saw one of those cougars, you know? And she was like going crazy. I was like, that's John Cafferty and Beaver Brown Band, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. It wasn't even announced. And they were just jamming there next right when Cheap Trick finished playing. They started playing next to the bar. That's what I wanted to say.
0: I will, and I don't mean to sound biased, but I, I think I do tender years much better.
1: Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. But uh,
0: all right. Well, my pick of the week, and I know Ralph's gonna hate this, and Cenzac might love this, and that is a 1989 classic, in my opinion, by Faster Pussycat, who I saw open up for Kiss on the Hot in the Shade tour, and their album Wake Me When It's Over. And I fucking love it. Holy shit, do I love this album. Poison Ivy, of course, uh, you know, what's the ballad everybody loves? House uh, uh, of Pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Daddy Down Gone House of Pain. But they're, uh, you know, uh, Tattooed Arizona, Tattooed, whatever, whatever. There are so many awesome, deep tracks on this album. Uh, I love this fucking album. I, I had a t shirt I bought the first time I saw Kiss. Fifth Road, Tinley Park, Illinois. Uh, on the bag it said, uh, Wake the fuck up, dickhead. And it was glow in the dark. And I used to love to wear it. Like, I'd go see a movie and I'd walk down the halls when the lights are already going down and it's glowing. I love Faster Pussycat. I love this album. Actually, when I saw them, Paul Stanley came out and played guitar with Faster Pussycat. And he came out with a Ronald Reagan mask on his head. And it was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and then he ripped it off later and you find out it was Paul Stanley and it was like, holy fucking shit. Uh, but I, I'm i a huge Faster Pussycat fan. Uh, I met Tammy Down years later and I told him, I was like, oh man. And I saw him like at a country bar in Podunk fucking Florida. I was like, man, last time I saw you you were open up for Kiss and he just gave me this look like, thanks asshole, thanks.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he it, didn't look at you and go, the beautiful
0: people, the beautiful people. Uh, no, 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 no! He, he looked at me like he's like, "Fuck you! Here's your CD. Go fuck yourself." I hate my life, <laughs> you know. But, uh, dude, I love, I love Faster Pussycat, and this album was a great album to me. And my pick of the week: Faster Pussycat, wake me when it's over. I, I never Enjoy. was,
1: I never was into Faster Pussycat, but then again, I never made love to a man.
2: Ah, uh, fuck you.
1: <laughs> That's the last performance from
2: Chris
0: Sindak. here on the rock.
2: <laughs> Just kidding. Did you make love to a? Did you make love to a
1: woman listening to We Are One?
0: Nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
1: well, well, yes, I did, and she kicked me out of the house. But still, I did. And
0: <laughs> and she said you were the wrong one. <laughs>
1: you know, it sucked because she. You know, I'm banging her to We Are One, and she's like, "God, take that off. I'm so dry." She just, she just didn't get it. But you know why she didn't get it? She, she makes, was
0: a KISS fan.
1: No, 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 because she fucks men. Oh, okay. Uh, she's well, a faster okay. pussy. You'll always, laugh, you'll
2: always laugh when you want to cry, and then you'll know it. Either. That's right,
1: because we are one. Everywhere I like go, anyone talking. I see, and I see myself looking back at me. That's awesome. Anyway. I want to
2: hear the combat uh, cover of that song. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) All right, so uh, my pick of the week. You know what, I want to get along with you guys, all right? So I'm going to, but I'm sure both of you are not aware of this. You might be aware of the band, but you're not aware of how awesome this band is. Because unfortunately, when people hear the name of this band, they think of that shitty, stupid band that was like featured in Decline of Western Civilization Part Two. They oh, were,
0: man. yes, oh,
1: they were oh, so man. horrible in that movie, beyond pathetic. But you guys got to hear their first EP. It was called Don't oh, Take man. No for an Answer. Are
0: you are you really talking about Ode?
1: I swear right? I am. <laughs> check out check out the album Don't Take No for an Answer. It's an EP they put out in 1985 two years prior to that movie where they just like they just totally like went left I mean don't take no for an answer if you flip the album around they are hair metal they look it they got the big hair and everything but musically it's much more heavier dirty awesome except for there's a power ballad on there that's not your typical hair metal power ballad but there's a song called The Writer where it's almost like like really uh early metal, like accept type shit, but with high vocals. Uh, the title track, Solar Eye, um, Judgment Day, it's a totally killer, killer EP. They went on to release an album afterwards, uh, I think 12 o'clock high or some shit. Kind of like, mm-hmm, lame. But that's what you see in Decline of Western Civilization. That owed, it's the same members, but they just went horrible. And any time anytime you mention Odin, people are like, oh, did. yeah,
0: oh, did. Yeah, that oh, one girl. Did.
1: But believe it or not, when I was in California, I saw them at the country club, and the place was packed. They really did have a good following back then. But, you know, they- They were
2: like the, the LA band for a long time. Yeah, they,
1: they, they were, you know. And now Jeff Duncan, the guitar player in Armored Sane, has been since 91. They did go on to form a band. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. They were, they got signed to Atlantic Records, and they Mm -hmm. released an album, The Lost Boys, exactly. And they had a song called "Crying" that was on Headbearing's Ball. Not a bad song. I actually bought the CD. The CD is not that great. Uh, When I talked to Jeff Duncan, he's not proud of the CD either. But I really—that's my pick of the week. The very first Odin EP. I love it.
0: Well, there you go. There's our pick of the week, and now we got to go into fan of the week, which this has a little bit to do with our special guest Chris Sinzak, because this is somebody who's come to our you know fan page and our podcast because of Chris, and that is Billy Hardaway, and uh, you gotta love Billy because he's offended a lot of people, he's made a lot of fans, you know it's a little little bit of both. To me, he reminds me of Ted Nugent. Uh, not because of his right-wing beliefs, but because he likes to fuck little kids. Uh, <laughs> oh, god shit. damn, man. Um, so, <laughs> Billy Hardaway, you are our fan of the week. And, uh, Chris, you got you, I know you got some insight on Billy that you would like to share.
2: Billy has been helping me with research for Decibel Geek for a long time. He is, like, I'm... Kind of a super nerd when it comes to kiss facts which that's enough to fill up my head but billy is that way with every band imaginable so if i need to know the most off the wall facts about a band i go to billy and he's a huge iron maiden fan and recently if you've listened to the show we had iron Maiden week to celebrate the release of book of book the book of souls i'm getting drunk now um And uh, we had a full Iron Maiden week to celebrate, and we had Billy on to talk about the entire Maiden discography. And Billy brought over his CDs, his vinyl, and everything, and we went through it. And I'm not a giant Maiden fan. I'm still kind of new to the band. But um, him and Aaron both are huge fans of Maiden. So between the two of them and me kind of just directing things, it turned out to be a pretty fun episode. But Billy knows everything about everything. He's as unpolitically correct as you can get. I don't know about him fucking kids, but he's a cool guy to talk to.
0: Right, right. So so you mean you cut out all the, the, the good stuff?
2: <laughs> uh, I've met his wife, and I don't think she would allow that. So, yeah, she's pretty cool.
1: Is it, Is his wife 12? I heard in Nashville it's legal to marry 12 girls.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Billy Hardaway, you are the fan of the week, and we appreciate I you. Think, I
1: think I met Billy once. That's that guy that came up to me and said, I want you to meet my wife and sister and there was only one woman next to him. (laughs) That was from Bill Hicks. Thank you.
2: Okay, if we're going to play up all the national stereotypes, let me talk about all the Deadbeat dads down in Florida. (laughs) Hey,
1: you can start
0: with me. Hey, hey. Uh I I moved to Louisiana. (laughs) All right, well, Chris, we thank you so much, brother, for doing this. And it's about time we start talking about the Decimal Geek podcast. So, Chris... Why don't you fill everybody in on what's going on right now and uh,
2: how they can check you out. Okay, well, we've been, and if you're new to the if you're new to the Deathsville Geek Podcast, we've been in existence since 2011. We're a little over four years old now. And uh, we've uh, we put out a show every Monday, at least by Monday night we're out. I'm a little late putting them up. We do hard rock and heavy metal discussion. It uh, changes week to week. One week we may do what we call a Radio Sucks Radio Show, which is like music talk about the bands that we're playing, play stuff you're not going to hear on the radio. Next week, we may do a top five. Talk about a top five, like, guitar solos from the 70s. Or the next week, we may do Year in Review. Talk about 1977, Year in Review. That's the next one we're going to do, by the way. Um, and then uh, a lot of KISS stuff. We're huge KISS nerds. So if you're into KISS, you're going to like our show. because We'll find a way to shoehorn KISS, in, even if we're talking about fucking AVA or whatever. But um, we do, we just, we change things up every week it's uh hopefully entertaining my co-host aaron camaro and i just do it every monday we're uh in the middle of uh we finished Christmas in july and we're doing a lot of stuff now we've got these things called albums unleashed that we do where we take one album and we go in depth with someone who is involved with the making of the album and i'll go ahead and explain this now for you guys exclusively on your show um the next album is unleashed we're gonna do we're gonna record it in october going to be with producer Michael Wagoner and it's going to be covering Warrant's Dog Eat Dog album. So that'll yeah. be the next Albums Unleashed that we do.
0: I thank you so much for everything you've done for me and done for our show and a lot of our success we owe to you so I thank you very much.
2: Well the, the cream rises to the top and you and Ralph do an awesome show and I, I, I rarely listen to too many podcasts these days but you guys are one that I typically always go to so you guys have done a great job and you're carving out your own niche and I, I've been happy to see it grow and see uh, so many people jump on board with you guys. So I'm happy to help out because I know you guys do a great show.
0: Well, thank, thank you very much, dude. That that, that means a lot. And uh, I'm very proud to call you a friend and uh, and we thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Cool. And Tears Are Falling is a great fucking
1: song. By the way. <laughs> boy, boy. Ian, can you lather the guy's ass any more than that?
0: Hey, I'm a big Chris uh, Sure Inzac. he can. Let him go. Come on. <laughs> I'm a big Chris and fan. I love this guy. Well, big thanks to Chris and and a big thanks to the Decimal Week Podcast. But if you think this show was awesome, come back next week when we have the Long Island Lolita herself, Amy Fisher, joins us to talk about the Sex Pistols debut. Never mind the Bullocks. Here comes the Sex Pistols. I don't believe that's going to happen. It's gonna. And that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
1: I think she's my daughter, too.